Unchained Rock Show, All Talk with Steve Harrison. You're listening to the Unchained Rock Show with me, Steve Harrison, right here on ARFM. Uh, now, my next guest could be said that was an influencer before influencing was even a job. Without a shadow of a doubt, set to release his latest solo album in Violet. It's been about six years since the last one. What an absolute pleasure to be chatting to the one and only Mr. Steve Vai. Steve, how are you doing? All right. I'm doing great, Steve. Thank you. Hey, no problem at all. Steve, thanks very much for taking the time out to uh, chat to us here on ARFM. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, straight down to business. Uh, the new album, uh, Inviolate, uh, had the pleasure and privilege of a preview copy. Um, it is a bit of a beast of an album, if I do say so. <laughs> yeah, it bit me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, six years since the, since the last one, Steve. So, um, uh, taking your time on crafting perfection <laughs> <laughs> well you know the thing is is it, it, it it's six years since my last studio record but i've kept pretty busy uh, yes. since then one of the projects that i actually had to push off quite a bit through the pandemic was the recording of about four hours of, of my orchestra music that i've been wanting to do for years and yeah. getting that and you know getting that ready that that was a good year you know yeah <laughs> and then um uh, when the pandemic hit, you know, us musicians really had to kind of figure out ways to um, communicate and record and share files and uh, expand, you know. So the Internet became a really good friend. Yeah. And myself, just like a lot of other artists, just started uploading a lot of content uh, for the fans. Yeah. You know, uh, I started a couple of live stream series. One was called Under It All. Yeah. Uh, they're all on YouTube now. And the other was called Alien Guitar Secrets. And that was great. And then it also offered me some time to uh, work out some guitar things that I, I always wanted to kind of do, but yeah. I knew were going to like take real focus. So the first thing I recorded was a song called Candle Power. Yes. And that turned yeah. out really nice. It had some quirky kind of techniques in it. And then I did something interesting that I'd never done before, and I recorded a song from my catalog with a solo acoustic guitar and vocal. It was called The Moon and I, and I, I did a, just a, like a live video of it, and I put it up online. And it was very different for me to do something yes. like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, it, it, it was well-received, so I thought, well, maybe this is a good time to do something that I had, you know, planned to do but never got to and that was to record a solo guitar acoustic vocal uh, solo acoustic guitar and vocals yeah and I, I started to do that and I was really enjoying it and I got about three quarters of the way through and I, I I had a problem with my shoulder yes I had to get shoulder surgery I, I, I think it was just like 50 years of abuse you know <laughs> And uh, but it was fine. I got that fixed, and I developed trigger finger at the same time. So I'm usually very, very healthy. I never have any problems. I'm hardly ever sick, anything like that. Yeah. But uh, I had to get it fixed. And when I had gotten back um, from the the hospital, I was wearing this sling. It was called a knapsack. And because uh, the doctor was Doctor Knapp, oh right, okay. designed it, and he was my surgeon. So I couldn't play. I only had one hand, you know. Yeah. So I thought. Well, I could play with one hand, you know, and I, I was able to kind of move forward with another idea that I always wanted to accomplish, but never had the time. And that was the song Knapsack, where I play the entire piece with one hand. So I did this all to 
to give to give folks something because lockdown was tough on everybody. Yeah, yeah. And um, it it got a great response. So when I healed at that point, I was really jonesing to get on tour. You know, because I I've been touring for like forty two years. Yeah, and. In the beginning, it, it, uh, it had its challenges. It still does. But I really came to embrace it as a part of my lifestyle and a part of the quality of my life because I, I love touring. I love going to different countries and, and tasting their food and seeing their architect, meeting their people, you know, and just going through the streets and just feeling the culture. It's, it's really it's really zestful, yes. you know. So... I just started really, really wanting to do that, and get so I, I abandoned everything, and I thought, okay, I got I got these few songs here. I'm going to flesh out a record, and it's just going to be the strongest straight ahead instrumental by record <laughs> that I can do, and I'm getting on tour, and, uh, and I did it, you know, and yeah. I was just about to start getting ready to go on tour, but uh, actually last summer I, I tore another ten. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, decided that it's got to get fixed before I kick off a 250 show world tour. Uh, yeah, yeah. Take a half, you know. <laughs> so we had to actually move the first leg of the tour to the fall, which, which is, you know, it's, everything. I, I see all these things as they're, they're in the best interest of us. You yes. Know? So I don't, I don't question them or complain them. And yeah. That makes life easy. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. You mentioned there that you've made this as the, the most Vi album. Uh, it, it certainly does feel like that, but I, I always like to sort of get the, the liner notes and things like that, you know, as we get with the, the blurb, as it were, from the PR. And it talks about the sort of a, a jazz fusion type vibe. And I, initially I was thinking, oh, is this going to be like, I don't know, some Greg Howe, Frank Gambale style? And I thought it's got to have the sort of the inimitable Steve Vi piece to it. Uh, but there are, it is a, a little different in some aspects. I just wondered if if there was a theme through the album and that's even before we get to talk about the guitar and the opening track teeth of the hydra so is there an overarching theme is it do you feel it's the most vi album then well i i, I don't it's the most vi album that i could make at the time <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah but uh, i you know a lot of my records uh, in the past uh, i have a tendency to uh, overproduce because i like the density yeah you know and um, uh, a lot of times I like to approach records with a concept and the songs have various connotations of, of meanings and they connect. And even, for instance, I have a, I'm working on a, a three-piece trilogy of records called Real Illusions. I released Real Illusions, Reflections, The Story of Light, and I was actually working on the third installment uh, before the pandemic. But yeah. then when that hit, I, I put that all aside. Yeah. So um, there, there was, uh, you know, the, all of these options and stuff, and and that was just the, 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 so. Uh, also, in the past, my records have a tendency to have some kind of like quirky filler stuff, you know, <laughs> little voices or something like that. Yes. But within Violet, I, I just I just wanted to do away with all of that and just record the songs, yeah. you know, and just, just make songs that I could play live and that are um, interesting and engaging for the audience that likes this kind of thing. And I, and I basically accidentally... <laughs> 
included these pieces of music that raised my own bar so high. Yeah, yeah. But things like Candle Power, Knapsack, and Teeth of the Hydra, I mean, they're, they're um, real challenging for me. Yeah. But I like that. In, in, what respect, say, in what respect are they challenging then, Steve? In what respect? Well, for a song like Candle Power, there was a technique I developed uh, that uh, I don't know if I, if I, I don't know if, if it's unique to me, you know, but it was, <laughs> it was for me. You yeah. know? And it required me to uh, and this was an idea. It started out as a, a visual audio visualization sort of. Right. You know? So I was imagining it. And I could see myself bending notes, multiple notes, like bending two to three strings in, in different directions and, and also using open strings and hammers and crawling up the neck. I just saw it. I didn't know how I was going to do it. Right. But I just saw this really awkward, beautiful, unique sounding thing. So this is compelling to an artist and this is the inspiration that you need to to have the staying power yeah to, to do it because the it, it didn't really require discipline of course you know some it, it just, <laughs> right. the enthusiasm was more powerful because it, if you if you if you're enthusiastic over something over an idea that comes to you and you follow that enthusiasm it turns into full-blown passion yeah you know and you're unstoppable so something like that it was a real challenge it took weeks and weeks there's guys that can do it easier but this was me you know so I, I had to figure it out and um, I couldn't believe how cool it sounded when it was done you know I was like wow this really works you know and uh, so that was a challenge something like Knapsack was a challenge simply because I only had one hand yeah. to play the entire piece, and and the thing is, is although these these challenges, they're, they're challenges. I, I they have to be musical. They yes. have to sound like music. You know, yeah. they can't sound like um, uh, novelty stuff for the sake of showing off what I can do. Yeah, you know, I've done a lot of that <laughs> in the past. And that stuff doesn't really stick with me. You know, the stuff that's musical sticks with me. You know? Yeah. So I, I decided long ago, any of that quirk, crazy stuff that I do, it, it has to be musical to the best of my ability. Yeah. So something like uh, Teeth of the Hydra, that, that was a completely different challenge than anything I've ever approached because yeah. the Hydra is a guitar that has three necks. And the 12, it's got a 12 string that's half fretless, a seven string, a, a three quarter inch bass neck that has two fretless <laughs> and these harp strings and all of these accoutrements that are just unbelievable. You know, it's got synthesizer, guitar synthesizer section. It's got sample and hold features. It's got piezos and sustainers. It's, yeah. it's a highly, highly technical machine. And when I got it, I, I knew that I had to write a piece of music that could stand on its own as a piece of music <laughs> yeah. and not sound like an excuse for a novelty, you know? So I knew it needed a great melody, but the real challenge was negotiating all the necks because I wanted to incorporate all the strings and all the uh, potentials 
on the instrument yeah. into one piece of music seamlessly that sounded enjoyable to listen to <laughs> and looks completely fascinating when you watch the performance of it. It's, I got to tell you, yeah. it's nuts. <laughs> it's really the, did the idea for the guitar come first and then you thought, okay, then I need to sort of really develop a piece of music around it? Is, was it just a, a sort of one of those, again, sort of crazy ideas, you know, that you sort of pictured and imagined what the guitar would be and then thought, actually, I need to write some music for this. How did that, how did that sort of inspiration work then? Well, I've always been a fan of multi-neck guitar. You have indeed, yes. <laughs> yeah. and, but I never felt like I, I always would try to integrate the other necks, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah. Would, I, would, I would do something, you know, like in the song Fever Dream, I used the big heart guitar and I actually used all the necks. Yeah. But still, I, uh, I was relying on the main neck because I, I can't do this. Stuff. You need Michelangelo. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Michelangelo Barrio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he does this. <laughs> I can't, you know. But um, I wasn't really completely satisfied with the way that I utilize multi-neck guitars in the past. Yeah. They're cool and they're, they're fun. And I, I did do some interesting things. But I really wanted to do something that, almost just looked wizardly and and sounded beautiful and unearthly and and it really that really incorporated the guitar so it's hard to say if the idea for the song came before the idea for the guitar I, I don't know i just know that i was watching a mad max movie like five years ago and I saw this one scene where did you ever see that movie where the guy's on the front of this truck and he's going through the desert and he's playing that guitar yeah 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 it's like a flamethrower on it and everything. I'm like, damn, that's so cool, man. I got to do that, but better, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned there about the, the sort of the heart guitar. Uh, definitely, you know, and, and I think I think, I think there's probably one of those. You may, you may have one or two. There's one, I think, is in the Hard Rock Cafe in Vegas or somewhere, that, you know, that you've probably given, given away. Uh, and obviously you're synonymous with... Uh, I suppose Ibanez guitars. Uh, you know, you think uh, Ibanez, you think Steve Vai, obviously. Uh, well, I do anyway. Uh, apart from the one in the background, which is a Paul Gilbert hanging on my wall behind me. So, <laughs> um, but in terms of that, the, the, just to sort of bring it back to the album, a lot of the album done on a Gretsch. Is that right? Where did that come from? I used the Gretsch on one song. On one song, right? Because I mean, in terms of the sort of liners, it suggests that the that the album was done uh, or Vai. So it's just on the one song then. In America, we call that misinformation. Oh, oh yeah. It, uh, do you know what? Uh, with the current political state of the UK and the Prime Minister, that is there's definitely lots of misinformation as well. Because in, in our part... getting all that kind of... Oh, my crap. word. My word. Yeah, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister... We're off on a political tangent now, but the Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, through our COVID lockdown, uh, it was against the law and has been against the law significantly for breaking the lockdown rules. And it, in the, uh, the his parliamentary home, number... 10 Downing Street, uh, numerous parties uh, celebrating birthday parties over here in the UK, parties with his colleagues when it was, you couldn't mix households, uh, no more than, you know, it's just that one household, nobody from work, nobody allowed, and it's all coming out now and he's sort of um, avoiding uh, answering certain political type questions, I think is, is for the chop, as it were, quite soon. <laughs> Misinformation <Yeah>. indeed. <laughs> Yeah, it must be difficult to have a life as a politician because every, everything you say, people don't hear your intention. They just hear your words. Yeah. And then they take them and do what they want with them. And then you have to defend yourself. It's, I'm so glad I'm not a politician. <laughs> but I, what I'm noticing about that 
that's very interesting is we, we can become aware of what's happening in our own environment and think, wow, this is happening here. It's not happening anyplace else in the world. But when I look out onto the world stage, it's reflective all over the world. Yeah. This, this, it's like a, a polarity swing, you know, just different dynamic. But um, yeah. I think a lot of people are feeling that it's starting to come. It's starting to change again. Yes. You know, it's good. So, you know, bands that uh, were um, scheduled to tour during the Omnicrom uh, sp- spike. Yeah. Did not cancel. A lot of bands did not cancel. You know, so yeah. they're, they want some form of normalcy back. They want their life back. Yes. You know, and it's time, you know, and I think people are feeling that and we're doing it. Yeah. doing it you know the yeah. best we can yeah indeed. everybody's doing it the best they can and and for some people it means wearing a mask or not wearing a mask or getting a vaccine or not getting a vaccine or whatever it means i i believe that ultimately we want to get back to feeling good and 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 being a part of society again yeah, I, absolutely, uh, and I, I think that's uh, that's been sort of uh, evident in certainly in the UK as well. That sort of sense of feeling, um, and yeah. I, but I suppose it's about uh, the sense of urgency from a political standpoint that might impact on society, particularly in the UK, because we're pretty much lifting all restrictions like from next week, and there are still some issues with the Omicron. That. Yeah, there are still some issues with Omicron, and I think people are and scientists and the World Health Organization are still suggesting that we shouldn't be lifting and I think that's the other bit about potentially it could be a political decision because there, there, there is a sense of that I had heard that and I was wondering because I knew that Boris Johnson was kind of like very cautious and you know was doing these lockdowns and then I heard they're all going away yeah what was the change there? Uh, in terms of that I think the sense is that um, because of the, some of the issues that have come over the last two to three weeks and the information that's coming out about some of the issues from uh, from the politicians themselves it's a political decision to try and save his skin in in that sense it's as simple as that there is a sense in the, in the UK society that you know we've been locked down quite um, quite serious lockdown for sort of 18 months and there is a sense as you say that uh, the, the community and society wants that sort of normalcy back in the UK uh, and I think he's sort of doing it as a political manoeuvre against the evidence that's uh, around uh, the science although the Omicron variant um, is uh, it's not uh, as sort of debilitating and it's not causing as many hospitalizations uh, as the previous sort of Delta variants in the original sort of COVID-19 but I, I still think that there is a sense of um, a, a political sway on that decision to lift all well, restrictions. It's kinda, yeah, I mean, when it comes to a government making decisions on their constituents, yeah, it's always political. Yeah. You know? the way it is yeah yeah yeah. and i think like i said the swing is that it it was following the science and then all of a sudden now he's not um but well the the question is what science you know like where because everybody claims that their science yes they're following their science Yeah, yeah and then you look and they're each science is saying something different i think the best thing to do is use your use your use your conscience and just you know just do what feels right to you forget about politics and and do what feels right you know there's certain guidelines that make sense and they feel right to you if they you know something doesn't you know so i don't know 
Yeah, yeah. In- I feel great. I had COVID. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That, that makes two of us. I, I had it uh, sort of November. It knocked me off my feet for a couple of weeks. Uh, and I, I mean, I've had the, the vaccines as well. How, how were you through it? Did you, did you suffer quite badly or was it fairly mild? Well, it wasn't fun, but it wasn't no. that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and I had the vaccine and all that. And, you know, it, 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 it's fine. Yeah. I, I feel relieved. I'm really, I'm very relieved. I got it. I got, I got kind of sick and that's it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. I know that's not the case for everybody. Some people don't get sick at all. Yes. And some people don't. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, if I can sort of bring it back to music, we've done the politics bit there. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. So um, you mentioned actually. What uh, does Boris Johnson think uh, about my record? Uh, do you know what? I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure he'll love it. I'm sure he'll love it when he listens to it. <laughs> right. When he gets it on release day, I'm sure he'll be on his Spotify. <laughs> Right. <laughs> definitely. He'll miss all of his Congress meetings. <laughs> yeah, definitely something like that. Uh, if, if I can just sort of uh, ask you a question, and it actually relates to a sort of couple of posts from your Instagram and your Patreon. You talked about uh, doing some sort of orchestrations and that musical aspect. Is there a link there then with uh, Susie Collier in, in terms of sort of accessing her, her, her mighty fine prowess as the professor for the Royal Academy of Music? Tell us a little bit about that then. Well, I, you know, I I. Just- discovered Jacob Collier like so many people and I was absolutely stunned I was tickled to death when I saw this kid and I started following him because he he epitomized pure inspiration in action yeah you know and that was so refreshing to see a human being so open and free and I just loved his music and I, I loved all the crazy videos and everything that he was doing. And I actually, we, we started to communicate and became good friends, yeah. you know. And um, so you meet the family, you know, and I met his mom. I, I'd actually never met her. I did just through Instagram. And I'm always fascinated with maestros. And she's a, she's a real maestro, yeah. you know. She... Um, uh, is, a, is a conductor and a player and a teacher and, and is just a fabulous artist and I started to kind of follow her Instagrams and her, her posts and stuff and I just found a lot of wisdom in them yes you know a lot of really uh, inspiring information that I think I, that I, you don't really see very often you know these are the things that I always felt were at the core of a of a a person's ability to evolve in their own creative way. Yeah. And she was really speaking about these things. And uh, so we kind of like started chatting and hitting it off and, and kind of found common ground to do some uh, of these things that you saw. And I really enjoy doing them with her. Yeah. Because she's just very connected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and, it, and it made perfect sense to me why Jacob is... So uh, 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 otherworldly talented. He, I always say he came into the world with two great gifts. One of them was his ears, because you got to be born with that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? born with ears indeed. Yeah, and the other was uh, an inspired mom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I really feel. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Steve, I am conscious of time, so just a sort of a couple of uh, quick final questions from me then. Uh, and, and obviously you mentioned there about the extensive sort of world tour being sort of postponed, rescheduled, a little bit more surgery to go. Uh, uh, and of course, uh, that uh, is including schedules for some uh, UK appearances then somewhere down the line. Yeah, it was the kind of thing last a year ago. 
uh, last December, I, I had been kind of like having a problem with my shoulder for a couple of years. Yeah. And I did, you know, I, I do holistic things usually. And uh, I, I think it was just 50 years of, you know. <laughs> and uh, it got to the point where there was nothing that could be done but surgery because the, the tendons were torn. Yeah. You know. So at the same time, oddly enough, I developed a trigger finger in my finger. It was just weird. Right. And. Uh, but the timing was perfect because it was right during the pandemic. I didn't have any, you know, real obligations and I wanted to get it fixed and I, I got a fix and it worked great. And uh, then it healed and I um, recorded in violet. But over the summer, I did something stupid. <laughs> right. Pizza oven. I was pulling a pizza out of a pizza oven. <laughs> And, I, and and this dough was really sticky, so I gave it three really good jerks. And not good. Oh, no. I tore, I tore another tendon. So uh, I thought I could probably get away with doing a tour this way, you know. And it just got to the... Because I'm like, no, my, I got a, the tour is scheduled. Yeah. I have to do it, you know. And the, my shoulder said, oh, no, you're not. No. <laughs> you know. And, um, I, 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 you know, the doctor said... Uh, it's just not going to get better. It's going to get worse, and then you're going to have permanent damage. So before you kick off your 250-show world tour that's going to take you a year and a half, yeah. I would suggest you get it fixed, you know? So I'm like, good idea. Yeah. So, you know, the, the tour was uh, booked in, in modules, you know yes. what I mean? Yeah. So it's not hard to take a module and yeah, shuffle just, it about, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, indeed. It's not very rock and roll, though, is we it? it to, <laughs> we, we moved it first. Okay, so... To finish the question, we, we moved the first leg that was supposed to be happening at the end of the start at the end of this month, which yeah. is a North American tour. Yeah, we, we pretty much picked it up and moved it to the fall. You know, there's some differences, but my uh, my my plans are um, it's going to take me a little time to heal. And yeah. uh, then in May, I'm going to be in Holland recording uh, orchestra music with the Metropole. And then right from there, I go directly to the first show on the summer uh, U.S. tour. Yeah. And as far as things stand right now, that first show is January 4th in the U.K. Uh, June, June June 4th. Yeah. In, in the U.K. So things can change, obviously. We don't know anything these days. Yeah. But you got to plan. You know? <laughs> Indeed. So we're, yeah. So we plan that. And to answer your question if everything goes well yeah yes yeah. matter of fact i'm kicking off my entire tour in the uk yeah yeah excellent. i'm excited about that indeed and on just one last comment then and i shall let you go obviously not very rock and roll doing the shoulder and just pulling out pizzas it's not even spinning guitars around your neck it's pulling doughy pizzas out of the oven well i can always spin the door around <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, indeed. I know. Isn't that funny? It's not fair, I tell you, Steve. <laughs> can I, can I like, hurt myself doing something serious on the guitar? Uh, well, the Hydra kicks uh, my ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, Steve, uh, we shall call it there. I really do appreciate your time. Uh, and we got around the we got around a bit of a, a bit of a mix-up in the delays. Uh, once again, a pleasure chatting to you. Wish you every success with uh, the release of Inviolate. I shall definitely make sure that Boris Johnson uh, listens to a copy of it, without a doubt. <laughs> 
No, man, I want to I want to hear him talking about it. Yeah, definitely in Parliament. <laughs> Cheers, Steve. Thanks very much. Have, it doesn't have any restrictions <laughs> on it. No, no, indeed, mate, indeed. Listen, Thank Steve. You, Steve. We'll see you next time, brother. Hey, thanks very much. Cheers, man.